get to introduce our preacher today. Pastor Ron Swade is going to be delivering God's word for us. And uh, Pastor Ron and Deb, his wife, have been worshiping here with us for the past few months. Um, Ron is uh, an elder in the Free Methodist Church and has served um, a number of churches in Kentucky and New York and most recently in Virginia. And it has moved recently to this area. And so we are blessed to have Ron and Deb here worshiping with us and just uh, serving um, wherever there's a need. And uh, Deb has been faithfully helping out in the pantry here this past uh, couple weeks. And so we're thankful for that. And Ron is going to be bringing God's word for us today. So let's welcome Ron. Well, we're off to a, a great start this morning. Uh, I got here uh, ready to put my uh, sermon up on the screen. I had the PowerPoint all arranged. And uh, <clears throat> when I came, I put the jump drive in and it was empty. So um, luckily we had uh, uh, <clears throat> some fast uh, acting up in the booth. And Brent retyped my outline and... Um, I'm not sure what it says, but I'm sure it is pretty close to what I had in mind for our preaching today. Well, our uh, theme this morning is uh, our Advent themes. These 25 days are on virtues. And the virtue that I picked out is probably one of, one of the greatest virtues we have as Christians, and that is hope. Where would we be today? without hope, especially in the world that we live in and in these times. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your word, for the way it speaks, for the way it changes us and amazes us. Lord, change our lives because you are there. And you are alive. And you are at work. In Jesus' name. Amen. The scripture this morning that I have uh, chosen for hope is Matthew 12, 18 through 21. Um, the script, most of the scriptures that I'm reading today will be in the NLT. And so um, there is also an outline. How many of you noticed there's an outline in your bulletin if you chose one. Uh, you're welcome to uh, follow line along on uh, the outline. I have an outline for two reasons. Uh, number one is hopefully it will keep you engaged during the sermon so you can see uh, where I'm going and, and uh, uh, what the, where we're going with the theme. And then uh, most importantly, number two, it keeps me in line uh, to make sure I don't wander off uh, somewhere that I didn't have planned. Uh, so... If you take your uh, outline out, we can follow along as well. Hear the word of the Lord, Matthew 12, 18 through 21. Look at my servant whom I have chosen. He is my beloved who pleases me. I will put my spirit upon him and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not fight or shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. Finally, he will cause justice to be victorious. 
and his name will be the hope of all the world. His name will be the hope of all the world. His name is Jesus. His name is a name above all other names, and his name is hope. So this morning, I'd like to start by uh, comparing the difference between what the world thinks hope is and what the Bible says that hope is. Did you know that they are two different things? The world's hope is completely different than uh, Bible hope. First, let me let me think. Uh, let me tell you what the what the world thinks about hope. I looked at the definition, and this is uh, Webster's definition of hope. Hope is a feeling of expectation and a desire for a certain thing. Another way of paraphrasing that is hope for the world is wishful thinking. Hope from, for the world is wishful thinking. What normally happens is that when someone's talking about hope, they actually add the word so. Uh, do you think you're going to uh, pass your exams? Well, I hope so. Do you think your cousin will ever get his life turned around? Well, I hope so. The world's hope is wishful thinking. You think Michigan or Ohio State will win during the playoffs? We hope so. Right? The world's hope is wishful thinking. Lots of people a couple uh, weeks ago during the gargantuous lottery, I don't even remember how many numbers there were, but billions, we had a lot of people buying lottery tickets because they hope so. But luckily for us, our hope is not wishful thinking. Our hope is entirely different. What does the Bible say about hope? Well, the Bible has several words for hope, but two of the words, uh, tikwa in Hebrew and elpis in Greek, uh, basically mean the same thing. It is the assurance of things to come. It's not, I hope so. It's, I know so. I know it's going to happen. I may not know where or how or when, but I know that I know, that I know. Amen? The word of God is hope. Hope for what we know will happen. Let's uh, look at a, a story this morning, the story of Simeon and Anna. If you turn with me to, to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, 25 through 38. Luke chapter 2, 25 through 38, the story of Simeon and Anna. Hear the word of the Lord. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah 
to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms, and he praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all the people. He is the light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your very soul. Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple, and she was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years, and she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night worshiping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Israel. We see a promise, a hope, an expectant hope that Simeon had. God had told him that he would not die until he heard and saw the Messiah, the Christ child. And so he was led by the Spirit to come to the temple the very day that Mary and Joseph had brought him to be dedicated to the Lord. And when he came and saw him, he was, they were overjoyed. A hope fulfilled a promise that he would see the Messiah. And this was not some easy promise or easy hope that was given, considering that Isaiah had prophesied about this child conceived by, by Mary, a virgin, some 700 years earlier. This was quite a hope that was being accomplished. And when that hope was accomplished and the overjoy of Simeon holding, holding the Messiah and, and blessing the parents, at that very moment, at that very moment, Anna comes just as he is, he is talking to the parents and holding the Christ child. And she realizes, she realizes that that is indeed the Messiah. And what does she do? Immediately, she begins to proclaim who he is. She proclaims immediately that the Messiah 
the hope of the world has come. And she begins to tell everyone. Just like the shepherds when they saw the Messiah. What did they do immediately? They went and proclaimed to the world and all of Bethlehem that the Messiah, the hope of the world has come. So what does scripture tell us about our, the hope that we have? Well, there's five things that I'd like for us to look at quickly this morning. Five things that scripture says about our hope. The first thing, number one, our hope has been accomplished. Our hope has been accomplished. We don't have to wait 2,000 more years or several generations. Our hope has already been accomplished. Jesus has already been born. Our hope has already come. He's, he has lived. He has died for our sins, and he has risen again. And so we have the hope of eternity, the hope of a promised life with God. That hope has been accomplished. Jesus has already come. John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus has already conquered death. He has already died and risen again. Romans 8, 23 and 24, we too wait with eager hope for that day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. I'm looking forward to the new body that he has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. When we started believing in Jesus Christ, our hope has been accomplished. Romans 5, 6 says, Christ came at just the right time at just the right time for us. Number two, our hope is for all the world. Our hope is for all the world. It is for everyone. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Remember Matthew 12, verse 21, we read what? And his name will be the hope of some of the people. His name will be the hope of just the good ones. He is the hope of everyone, for everyone. Every age, every nation, every background, every situation, every tongue every color. He is our hope. Our hope has been accomplished. Our hope is for all the world. Number three, our hope is eternal. Our hope is forever and ever. 
Luckily, our hope does not expire. It's not a limited time offer. It's for everyone, for all times, for everywhere. Our hope is eternal. First Corinthians 13 says what? Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Our hope will last forever. Our hope is eternal. I am so thankful. I am so very thankful that the things, many, many things of this world are not eternal. They will pass away. Shall we make a list? COVID, right? Cancer, politics, We can make a pretty long list for me. I am so thankful that so many things of this world will not last forever. Our hope is eternal. Revelation 21 verse 4 says, but there will be no more death, no more sorrow, and no more crying, no more pain. I love the word picture in Revelation, where it says, he will wipe away every tear from my eye. Isn't that an amazing picture? No more tears, no more sorrow. Our hope is eternal. And we will spread eternity with the living God. Someone asked, once asked me, what's, can you explain what the difference is between heaven and hell? And I said, there's a very, very simple explanation, the difference between heaven and hell. And that is this. Heaven is spending eternity with God and all the things above God. Light and hope and everything you can think of. And hell is everything that is not of God. That's a pretty simple choice to make, isn't it? the things of God, or the things without God. Number four, our hope comes with confidence. We have a confident hope. Luke 1.37, for the word of God will never fail. Romans 15.13, I pray that God, the source of, our source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Hebrews 10, 23. Of course, 11, 1 in Hebrews says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us the assurance about things we cannot see. We have a confident hope because we can trust in God. If God said it, we can trust it. His promises never fail. Isn't it great that we have a confident hope? 
we know that we know that we know. Our hope comes with confidence. Number five, our hope stays strong even during trials. As a matter of fact, the only way we can stay strong during trials is because of our hope. It's our hope that gets us through. It's our hope that allows us to get through tough times. Romans 5, 3 through 5 says this, Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts with, our, with the Holy Spirit when he, which he has given us. Perseverance. We persevere because of hope. I love this quote. T.S. Monson says, Hope is putting faith to work when doubting would be easier. Hope is putting faith to work when doubting would be easier. <clears throat> Some 30 years ago, when we were at our first pastorate in Tennessee, foothills of the Smoky Mountains, beautiful place. While we, there, while we were there, <clears throat> our youngest son, who was eight at the time, excuse me, was hit by a car. And he was in a coma. <clears throat> he was life-lighted from the small town we lived at to Knoxville, to University of Tennessee Hospital. And when we first met with the doctors there, they said that they didn't know how long he might be in the coma or if he would even ever come out. It's a tough place to be. So we obviously spent all the time in prayer and lots of churches praying for us. Lots of support even in the community we lived in. And every day we came to the hospital with a confident hope because we knew that no matter, no matter what happened, that our son would be with us in eternity. And if we didn't have him for 60 years or so with us on this earth, would have him forever with the Lord. And so we came 
and waited. Every day we would come and talk with him and pray with him. And every day there's no change. Day one, day two, day three. One week, 10 days, nothing. After two weeks, we were called up to his room. And when we came in, our son was propped up, still full of tubes and IVs. But praise God, his eyes were open. And we went through a lot of tough times. <laughs> they learned how to talk, to walk, and to do things he used to do. But today he is completely healed. And I'm so thankful for that. But our confident hope wasn't in this world. Our confident hope was in eternity. For many of you this morning, you may be going through a tough time. And you wonder how you'll ever get through it. And it's only through the confident hope that we have in Jesus that'll get us to the other side. Our next step this morning, when we consider the words that we have read, first of all, <laughs> number one, if you don't know Jesus, that's the first step. That's the only way to have the confident hope that you need. So if you don't know that hope this morning, after the service is over, would you please come up and see Pastor or myself and seek out that hope that you need? And if you do know that hope, if you do have Christ living in you, then your next step is to live your life with a confident hope in Jesus so that others will see, so that the world will know that there is a difference and there is a hope. 1 Peter 3.1 says this, Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if anyone asks you about your hope as a believer, always, always be ready to explain it. Amen? Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for the confident hope that is only found in you.
Lord, help us to lean on you. No matter the situation we're in, no matter what's coming against us. Lord, help us to trust completely in you and your will. To lean on you. With a confident hope. For your glory. And in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Becky, let's go back and do...